I'm Julie. Welcome to Mom Made Plans Podcast. This is where we use self-awareness to create practical systems to be more intentional and productive with our time. And we stay humble by remembering God is in control. So we all struggle when our kids are flipping out and we don't understand why we're trying to figure out how to work through the situation and they're not being rational and it's super frustrating. Well, today I've got a guest who is providing amazing insight. Her name is Ann Kaplan, who is a parent coach and just really helps us gain insight into these situations and the mindset shifts that we need to make and just having better expectations and some really powerful takeaways of how to approach this. So let's get right into this and help you guys work through one of our biggest struggles as a parent. So here we go. All right. Welcome everyone to the podcast. We are in for a treat today to really get to the root of some of our mom frustrations. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm always annoyed and have definitely literally said like, why can't they just be rational? (laughs) Like when, what age can I just get some reason out of them? And so we're getting all the wisdom here to answer that question (laughs) of why they're not rational, or at least from our perspective. So before we dive in here to help us with this, I have an awesome guest with us and today to guide us through this conversation. So before we dig in, do you want to introduce yourself and yeah, tell us a little about you. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Um, my name's Ann Kaplan and I'm a parent coach. I also have four kids of my own, so I'm living the dream, <laughs> walking my talk or trying to anyway, every day. And um, yeah, I work with families of all kinds. I work with moms, dads, non-binary parents, couples, single, whatever, to really up-level the behavior and the relationships and the energy in their families. And um, yeah, when we did our little initial chit chat, we were talking about like, why can't kids be rational? And, um, and so that seemed like a really great jumping off point for so many different parenting topics for sure. So I'm glad you honed in on that. Awesome. Well, let's, let's dig in. So just kind of to start out, like, so we have this daily, (laughs) sometimes daily frustration with our kids of just not understanding and a lot of that starts on our part that really it's kind of putting up the mirror to realize we have the wrong expectations for their abilities and what we're expecting their behavior to look like. So I'd love if we just kind of start out like going over this idea of maybe just kind of pausing and like being aware of what our expectations are that we're putting on our kids. So maybe just kind of going over some of those. Yeah, sure. And I think it goes both ways, right? Like sometimes our expectations are way too high. Like it's not fair to expect like a three-year-old to be able to calm down simply because we like explain that they don't need to be upset right now. That's really an unrealistic expectation on our kids in in one direction. But I also see, I would say just as frequently us having unrealistic expectations in the other direction, meaning like, oh, my three-year-old's not able to um, you know, have a chore, for example, or my three-year-old hasn't, you know, grown up enough yet to be able to say please and thank you or whatever. That's not mm-hmm. true. We have unrealistic expectations in both 
directions. You know, we underestimate our kids in a lot of ways. And then when it serves us, we expect them to level up. So I think, you know, you honed in on something really profound, um, Julie, when we were talking earlier about like how so much of our frustration and conflict that we have in our families comes from those initial expectations. So, you know, I think a lot of my clients come to me with questions around like, well, how realistic is it of me to expect my, you know, nine-year-old to be able to do their homework by themselves or whatever? Because what they're really wanting to know is like, in this kind of scheme and step-by-step of child development, what should I be expecting at this age? And that's a really valuable question. But I also want to encourage everybody to step back from like the generic, like what's, what does the book say in terms of like where my kid's brain is right now mm-hmm. and really focus in on your individual sacred, personal, you know, singular relationship with your child. And you know, your kid and has your kid leveled up to this place yet? And let's talk about why. And then also, you know, yourself, like what are the expectations you're bringing to this situation, whether they're quote unquote allowed or not, whether the book says that your kids should be able to do it or not. The fact that you have that expectation is much more important than whether you should have that expectation from a coaching perspective. That's where I'm going to be going with you. It's like, well, what made you come to this situation with that expectation? What's going on inside for you? that made it feel like this, it should go down this way. Like, for example, why don't you believe that your three-year-old can say please or thank you? What's going on there for you? And also like, why did you think your three-year-old would calm down by you saying, calm down? <laughs> <laughs> Way too lofty of a... Yeah. <laughs> but it's not really about like, oh, that was wrong of me. It's much more about like, hmm, what was like the inner workings of my head and heart that led me to show up like that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And that's so good. Cause I think really the key here is to be able to stop and have these thoughts and conversation with ourselves Cause we're just constantly reacting and approaching everything of like, well, this is ridiculous. Like you shouldn't be doing that. And just like, not even, yeah. being like, well, is it really ridiculous? <laughs> well, and I also think like our re- rubric for rational or ridiculous or logical is so different than um, a kid's. You right. know, our priorities are very different than children. Um, and so when you look at children's behavior through their lens of values and priorities and needs, it makes perfect sense why they behave the way they do. Yeah. Definitely doesn't make sense in an adult world whatsoever. But I think another thing that helps my clients a lot, and people hear me say this all the time, there's like a handful of like anisms that I just mm-hmm. like broke the record on some of these things. And one of them is just because a behavior is understandable doesn't mean it's excusable. So it's totally helpful to be able to, you know, kind of kick that. This is irrational frustration to the curb. It's really helpful because then we can tap into empathy and compassion for our kids and that kind of frust- takes that frustration down. And that doesn't mean we do nothing about it. So our kids throwing a tantrum, we don't try to rationalize with them to get them to stop throwing a tantrum because we have recognized like, well, that's useless. And, you know, putting this like veil of rationality over everything isn't going to work. Yeah. And there are other things we can do instead when our child is throwing a tantrum or when our child doesn't say please and thank you, for example, or whatever. And so, you know, I think 
part of this is recognizing like my, my rubric isn't my kid's rubric and that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Another part of it is to say like, actually doesn't matter in terms of, do I do something about this? Why they're acting the way they are or whether their behavior is rational or not. Yeah. And this is just comes back to that. It sounds so simple, but so hard to be like, just stop thinking through your brain and think through theirs for the situation in order to work through the situation. Well, and I think that's where the more like inner game work that happens when I think if you work with a good coach, you're going to be working on your inner game probably more than you're going to be working on your skill building. Mm -hmm. And that's definitely true with me. My clients always get kind of, I would say an equal dose of both like skill building like do this, don't do that. Say this, don't say that. Um, this is what a consequence is. This is what a boundary is, blah, 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 blah. But you get definitely at least as much time spent on, you know, let's calm your nervous system down and really get out of this, your head entirely. For example, like what you were saying, like, you know, stop trying to think about things through our brain. Like, Stop trying to think about things through your brain, period. Like this is your child. You're in love with them and they're in love with you. And if you can actually literally get out of your head and into your body, calm your nervous system down, connect with your heart space, that doesn't mean that you're not going to do anything in response to your child's choices. You absolutely will. And that's that whole skill building piece. Yeah. But every single thing you're going to do to respond to your child's behavior is going to be coming from a place of connection with them instead of confusion or dominance or frustration or trying to like make sense of something that doesn't make sense to you. All of that stuff is just egoic trappings that we can completely let fall away if we choose. Yeah. And that's so, so helpful um, just to like have this shift because we're frustrated because we're doing the same thing over and over. Like we're always trying to correct and do those same tasks. So if we can understand clearly that's not working, sure. it's worth the effort to make this internal shift to actually be impactful and right. And make I, a difference I really feel that shift only lasts and is truly effective when it's coming from not like, oh, well, my coach told me that next time my kid does this, I should say this and do that. But like, oh, I literally got out of this like hamster wheel that I've been spinning in for the last like whatever, three years, if we're talking about a three-year-old and I got off that crazy train and now I see why my coach suggested that to me. It makes perfect sense. That's organically and naturally what I, how I want to show up in this situation, how I want to set and hold a boundary with my child, how I want to you know, connect with and comfort my child. Like all of those things make sense now because I'm not in this like crazy tornado of, you know, brain nonsense. Yeah. And I think so most of this is internal, but since this is such a default for us to constantly view things from our, from our brain and our mindset, can you give us some examples of just like real life circumstances with our kids where we're just like they've asked for something and we hand them what they've asked for and they flip out and we're like what the heck like I love that example through like some things like that yeah I find that to be like one of the best like toddler especially examples of irrationality it's like I want the blue cup okay here's the blue cup 
and they just lose their minds. And you're like, what the heck just happened here? Yes. <laughs> you know? So, I mean, honestly, always, no matter how old your child is, no matter how rational or irrational they feel to you, neutrality and non-attachment are like the secret sauce of every single thing that goes on with you, between you and your kid, anything you're trying to accomplish, whatever. So when we're not neutral, when our kid throws the hissy fit about the blue cup, we wind up doing a bunch of stuff that's really not useful at all. Either it's we get mad at them and say, like, you asked for the blue cup. What the heck? You know, I'm sick of this. You're driving me crazy. You're naughty. Whatever (laughs) garbage comes out of our mouths and we wish we could, like, pick it up and put it back inside, but it's too late. (laughs) So we either get angry or we try to fix it. Mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm sorry. You didn't want the blue cup. Tell me what you want. Mommy doesn't understand you. You know, lose your words, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. If you like put all of that brainiac stuff to the side and just literally watch your kid just be really dysregulated, whether they have a good reason to be dysregulated or not, which, you know, it's a very subjective opinion, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Your kid's you know, super dysregulated, you can totally have empathy for that. But also recognize like, I don't need to fix this because it's actually not a problem. It's not a problem that my kid got the blue cup. Also, by the way, let's say the blue cup was in the dishwasher. So your kid had to have the yellow cup, even though they asked for the blue cup. That's also not a problem. You know, like, so all of that stuff, it's not a problem that this situation is what it is. And it's also not a problem that my child's upset. So now, like, all of this, like, analysis paralysis and this, like, emotional, like, intensity that would be driving your choices in this moment is off the table. Now it's like, this situation, it is what it is, which is an expression I really hate, but it kind of is true. Like, for whatever reason, which I don't need to understand why my child has, you know, thrown a conniption about the blue cup. All I need to do is say, well, it looks like you're really upset. I'm going to give you some time to calm down. We'll talk about it when you're ready. And you just either walk away or you're just in a calm presence in the room, but you're not interacting with your child or any of that stuff. It's this isn't a problem. And your child came earthside equipped with their own nervous system that knows how to calm them down. If we step away and just let nature take its course, your child will come back down to earth. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And especially in this example of like a three-year-old, at some point they'll come crawl into your lap and get some hugs and snuggles. And then you can decide what you want to do. And you can see that in this situation, like there's a boundary being held. Like I'm not being dictated to this child is not going to have the experience of treating people tyrannically, which does not help their regulation at all. Um, And once my kid comes and crawls into my lap or calms down or whatever, you know, I can say, wow, you know, you seemed really upset there. What do you want to do? Do you want the blue cup or do you just not want to have water or whatever it is? You know, like you can see that there's still a boundary. Like this child is still being held in a safe and loving container. It's not that when they become dysregulated, all bets are off and we, everybody runs around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to fix this problem. But that doesn't mean that we need to be like frustrated or also uncaring about the situation either. You know, it's just, oh, apparently the blue cup really upset you. I don't really understand why. And I'm sure you'll tell me all about it when you're ready. Mm -hmm. And just stop 
poking the bear, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Your kid needs just, you know, just like I would say to a parent who's like, well, I can't sit in the room and watch them run a number like that. It wigs me out and I can't be quiet and I can't be calm. Great. That's so awesome that you know that about yourself. So that means that you need to take space because you're not helping the situation if your nervous system is dysregulated. So even if you feel like, oh, but that's bad because I'm abandoning my child or whatever, which first of all, you're not, it doesn't matter what your guilty conscience is telling you. The reality of the situation is if you can't be calm in your child's presence, then you shouldn't be in your child's presence. And that's okay. It's super normal. Yeah. Way, take your deep breaths, calm yourself down, get a little break from the screaming and the sensory input which is totally awesome. And your child needs that too. So when we're interacting with our kids, when they're super dysregulated, we're like shaking up the snow globe of their nervous system. And that, you know, that snow never settles down and it's just like blizzard conditions in there for them. It doesn't. um, That's so insightful because I feel like, and I'm naturally like solution oriented, like let's fix the problem. And, but it's so true. Like if you're just, just like in it, like in their face of like, oh, you're upset. Like, let's try this. Let's do that. Like you're just adding to the anxiety and fuel. And that makes so much sense that a break is necessary. All of that help is still helpful later. Like after your kid has calmed down, then you could say, wow, it seems like this cup thing is really, you know, throwing you for a loop, buddy. What do you want to do about it? Yeah. Drink out of the blue cup. You can decide not to have a drink at all right now. I'll support you, whatever you decide. Right. So, all of that helpfulness is great when a person is ready to receive that. Mm -hmm. Other thing is, and Julie, you're so wise to bring this up, but like you have this like kind of problem solving drive in you. Well, that's so normal. Human beings are problem solving machines which means that when there's not a problem, our brains are like constantly scanning for problems and trying to, and we will invent problems. (laughs) And then also we try to fix everything. And the problem is not to, no pun intended, but like we can't solve other people's problems. So your kid has a problem with this blue cup. You can't solve that for them. You really can't. And because the truth is whatever problem they have, it's not, obviously, it is not about the blue cup. Right. <laughs> now, I had a really long day. I'm really tired. There's something that I'm grappling with right now as a three-year-old, which is acceptance around the fact that I don't have control sometimes or that sometimes the world doesn't give me what I want. Like these are big life lessons here. They mm-hmm. are upsetting. Like I will throw a tantrum too when the world proves to me that I don't get to pick my life. Like yeah. I I'm right there with you, kid. I'm <laughs> sit on the floor and scream too, right? And no one can take that away from me. No one can fix that for me. No one can make it so that the world actually does do whatever I want and I get to play everyone like marionettes. Like that's not a thing that anyone can do for me. It's a thing that I have to grow and accept and, and evolve around. And that's the same thing for your kiddo. So like we are helpmates to our children. We're not solvers we are not rescuers. We are not lifesavers. We can't be. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a great, I love that helpmates and not the solvers of all their problems. Like, and that again, our role of like, our job is to teach our kids. They don't know how to like work through a lot of things and just to be there with them as they figure things out or guide them, but like not to just swoop in and, right. and solve it all. Cause then they're not learning. 
right. having that time and space to figure it out. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> there's so many. I'm like over here taking notes and I'm like, oh, there's just, there's just too much. <laughs> there's so many good <laughs> takeaways for you guys. <laughs> uh, so you're just going to have to replay. <laughs> I'm going to it write down your wisdom, like right to the heart or next to my name, like, and she's the best. And definitely going to go to her website and talk to her and stuff. Make yes. Sure out to everybody. <laughs> so scroll down to the show notes. That's where the links will be. Make it easy for you. <laughs> A couple just quick recaps to make sure you guys pulled out of that. I think a key takeaway is being neutral in our response, like Anne said, of just allowing yourself to like calm down and not go into fix mode or just like attack of all the solutions or be all in their face of like, ah, like giving them space and just remembering that role of that we're a help meet. And another thing is just that not everything is a problem (laughs) that you have to fix. It's just, it's just something that exists. It's a, it's a moment where they're going through something. It's not necessarily a problem. I think that's huge. It's really, that to me is one of the most helpful things. Like, so a, a coach that I worked with a long time ago used to, that was like one of the mantras that she would say, you know, when you come to her, you know, your coaching session, you'd be like, listen to all this, you know, like oh, all these things are going wrong. And she would always just say, well, how might that not be a problem? And literally that option of like, maybe there's nothing wrong here. Maybe nothing's going wrong. is like yeah. the last thing our brains come up with. And oh, for sure. So important in parenting to remember, like, it's kind of like if you work in like corporate America or any sort of like um, any of these like sort of like executive coaching things, they always make sure that you're considering when you're making a decision, do nothing is one of the things that you consider and they make a big deal out of the fact that you need to remember to put that on there because we usually forget. Yeah. Like, so always consider the fact that something, nothing might be ha- going wrong. Like you yeah. not actually have a problem here. It just might be something that you don't like. Yeah. And, and like work becomes managing your own mind and emotions around this thing. It's not that you need to change the situation. It's that you need to work on yourself so that the situation isn't stirring you up the way that it is is right now. Yeah. And I think that's the source of so much because there's so much mom guilt and just what runs through our brains all the time of replaying things and figuring out what we were supposed to do different and being upset that we got so upset. And so this is just so freeing to. Well, I can tell you like with especially this age of kid, but then it just, it continues, you know, as kids become teenagers, especially, but preteens, school drama, it never ends. Like kids are going through tough stuff all the time. And if every time they're like not rainbows and unicorns, we think it's a problem. Mm-hmm. We're really, well, first of all, we're going to be um, really dysregulated and unhappy and concerned and worried and anxious all the time as parents for like literally 20 years straight. But then also like we're robbing our kids of what could be modeled for them, which is like, yeah, sometimes life sucks, you know, yeah. that. You know, when your kid comes home from school and -and so-and-so didn't invite them to their birthday party or this other person was mean to them on the playground, instead of being like, well, you know, what are we going to do about this? This is a problem. Even if you're doing a great job of saying, well, it's your problem, it's not mine. So what are you going to do about this? I'll support you whatever you decide, which is fabulous. Another thing that can be modeled for kids is like, yeah, that happens sometimes. Sometimes people are mean. Sometimes people do hurtful stuff. Like, 
obviously everybody needs to use their own judgment into intuition about like, well, actually this is more than just like the normal slings and arrows of childhood and, and something does need to be done about it. And those moments occur too, but there's so much like, you know, I remember going to my therapist. I, my children are older. My oldest kid is 18 and my youngest is nine. And I remember going to my therapist, like maybe a year or two ago when my daughter was 13 and basically like just saying all of these things, or she's, she's always grouchy. She just can't seem to look at the bright side. It's like, she can see, find the cloud in every rainbow. It is so unpleasant to be around her. Like, I just can't even stand driving her home from school because it's just like, you cannot get through to this kid. And, um, you know, what are we going to do about this? Like, she's going to go through life, like, so, you know, miserable and grouchy and and all this stuff. And my therapist was like, and, and I, and I was saying, like, I think I must be failing her in some way. Like if I, if I knew the right thing to say or the way to respond to her, she'd be like connecting the dots here you know, and what the heck, I'm a coach. Okay. So I, I can help other people do this crap. You know, what's heck? <laughs> you know, and my therapist was like, you, I think you need to consider the option that you might not be doing anything wrong. Like maybe this is just the situation that your daughter's in. Maybe this is just her chapter of life and it's, and you're doing nothing wrong. Like what if you're doing everything right? And this is what every doing everything right looks like right now. And I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that mic drop. Like, okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I like that. I think I'm going to opt for that perspective right now. Since <laughs> I obviously can't do anything else. Like, I'm doing my best. So yeah. why that it's not good enough? There's nothing more I can do. It yeah. helps both of us so much better for me to believe that I'm doing enough and that I'm, you know, this is what enough looks like. And that's a huge thing to realize that your child's behavior is not always a reflection of the quality of your mothering. And I would actually say it it's not almost never, but it is a very small percentage of the time, like way less than half the time is your child's behavior a reflection of their parenting. Wow. Your child's behavior is a reflection of your child. Yeah, and what they're we processing. Blame ourselves and own their behavior like that. Honestly, it's being so egotistical. Like <laughs> everything about you is because of me. <laughs> you know, you're grouchy because of me. You're doing good in school because of me. You're doing bad in school also because of me. It's all me, right? Like no, that's really not. Like you don't. This is your kid's life, you know. Yeah, that's so interesting to circling all the way back to the beginning of the expectations of being yeah. too high and too low. And it's just always navigating where. Well, <laughs> yeah. And I think, I don't know if this is where you want to kind of put a pin in this and put a little bow on it and call it good. But like when we come back around to that, like, okay, what were my expectations? Like so much of what goes into that is how we want to feel about ourselves, our fitness as parents, and using this external barometer of our child's behavior as the metric by which we measure our goodness, our worthiness, our fitness, our qualities as a parent. And, you know, if we're tying that, those two things together, well, it makes perfect sense that when our kids don't behave the way you want to, we become super dysregulated and we have all these other expectations and all that stuff comes from that. It all comes from codependency, which is 
the psychobabble lingo for what I just described. Like I can only feel good about myself when you are doing the things that I expect of you. Mm. And so you're not doing the things I expect of you. Now I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad anymore. And what I think is the way to make myself feel better is to control you. Mm, interesting. We're going deep into therapy, y'all. Like <laughs> We just went there. Okay. I think this <laughs> does certainly bring it all the way back and that full circle. So I want you guys to like sit with that a little bit. And as we wrap up, just kind of finish us off with one, like, so we're, we're the mom listening here and we're like, oh man, there's so much. Oh, I want to shift some things. What's, what can we give as a first thing? So you find yourself in a moment where your kid is dysregulated, they're losing it. What's the one thing I need to think of first, remind myself first when I'm in that situation to redirect myself? The first thing always in every parenting situation is to make sure that you're calm. So it's always managing your mind and your nervous system before you do anything. All right. So that's your that's your thing, guys. Get into that neutral mindset, as she talked about earlier, and get in that calm space. Awesome. Well, clearly, you've brought so much wisdom to us today where I'll have it in the show notes, but give us a little bit of what you offer where they can find you for more help. Yeah. So the best way to find all the ways to get in touch with me would be to go to my website, which is annkaplanparentcoach.com. Um, and when you go there, you're going to find tons of fun, cool stuff. A lot of it is free. You can set up a free consultation with me. So I get to chat with you one-on-one -on -one and hear your story and give you my feedback and talk about the possibility of us working together beyond that one meeting. You can also get my free workbook called Getting Kids to Listen the First Time. And that's actually super easy to find. It's a bit.ly link. So it's just bit.ly slash kids who listen. And you can listen to me on my podcast. You can listen to me on all the podcasts I've been on that I've been a guest on. There's tons of links for all that like free goodness for me. And then you can also find out about whatever's coming up. Yeah. All my fun little offerings. Yay. Okay. Perfect. You'll find all that in the show notes, guys, to head over to her website and get all the good things. So thank you so much, Anne, for coming on and just sharing this super helpful strategy for us to stop freaking out that our kids are <laughs> irrational when they're not. <laughs> oh my goodness. How helpful was that? You guys, Anne gave us so many amazing takeaways. And I just love the concept of not treating every situation as a problem that we have to fix and to be neutral and just to be helpmates to our kids as they figure life out. Like just this perspective is so like, it's so simple, but so life-changing of how to navigate these situations. And it's still hard, but these kind of takeaways are so helpful to like get through the everyday life as a mom and just better handle the tantrums and all the situations and just feel more confident in how to approach it. So I hope this helped you guys and be sure to go to the show notes and check out her website and her podcast and all the things to connect with her and keep getting this top of mind of how to get help working through these things. All right. Till next time. Thanks for hanging out today. Bye.